glad that you're listening to this podcast. This podcast is a ministry of the Bonners Ferry Baptist Church and of Pastor Devin Neal. Exodus 24, we'll begin here tonight, read a few verses, and then we'll go over to Exodus chapter 32. Let me read here these beginning in verse 12, and uh, we'll read through the end of the chapter here, and then we'll pray. The Bible says in verse 12, Exodus 24, And the Lord said unto Moses, Come up to me into the mount and be there, and I will give thee tables of stone and a law and commandments which I have written that thou mayest teach them. And Moses rose up, and his minister Joshua, and Moses went up into the mount of God. And he said unto the elders, Tarry ye here for us, until we come again unto you. And behold, Aaron and Hur are with you. If any man have any matters to do, let him come unto them. And Moses went up into the mount, and a cloud covered the mount. And the glory of the Lord abode upon Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And the seventh day he called unto Moses out of the midst of the cloud, and the sight of the glory of the Lord was like devouring fire on the top of the mount in the eyes of the children of Israel. And Moses went into the midst of the cloud, and gat him up into the mount. And Moses was in the mount forty days and forty nights. Let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight and uh, ask God to speak to us from the Word of God this evening. Lord, again, we're thankful for this evening. Lord, I thank you for the faithfulness of your people. Uh, Lord, at a time when their pastor is away and uh, several of the church family is away, Dear God, that they've chosen to be faithful to the house of God, faithful to your worship, faithful to your work, and dear God, faithful, Lord, to honor and glorify you. We thank you for that tonight. I pray you a special blessing upon them, and God, may you bless your word to our hearts. May it be a help to us, a strengthening and an encouragement to us, and a reminder, Lord, this evening. I pray again, Lord, please help me. Please direct my thoughts and words. And uh, God, use me to bring what you want for tonight. We'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Find here, of course, Moses going up to the top of the mountain uh, with God to receive the commandments of the Lord. And the Bible said that he was in the mount 40 days and 40 nights. Now, chapters 25 uh, and 26 and 27 and 28, 29, 30, 31, all are are chapters that God is giving Moses instruction up there on the mount. And what an experience uh, that must have been. But I want us to go on over now to chapter 32. Chapter 32. And uh, look here beginning in verse 1. We'll read about eight verses here. The Bible said, And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount. The people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up, make us gods which shall go before us. 
For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what is become of him. And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, of your sons, and of your daughters, and bring them unto me. And all the people break off the golden earrings which were in their ears, and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at their hand, and fashioned it with a graving tool, after uh, he had made it in it a molten calf, and they said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early on the morrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go, get thee down, for thy people which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made them a molten calf and have worshipped it and have sacrificed thereunto and said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. I'll stop my reading there uh, tonight, and I want to take a look at this passage. One day I was just reading through my Bible, reading this passage, and, and there were some things that just sort of just jumped off the page at me uh, when I looked at this matter of the children of Israel and how quickly they departed from the God of heaven, how quickly their faith <clears throat> deteriorated how quickly their faithfulness to God deteriorated. And the Bible said that they turned aside quickly out of the way. And as I thought about this, I thought how how quickly the people of God uh, turned and departed from God and the ways of God. And it was an amazing thing to me. And as I thought about that, I thought about this group of people and their spiritual journey that they had been taking in following the leadership of Moses as he followed the leadership of God. When you think about this group of people, you think of what they had experienced, how that God had delivered them out of bondage of Egypt, how he had performed those those miracles of the ten plagues upon the Egyptians, and no doubt this group of people saw that and experienced that, and heard of that, how once God delivered them and they and uh, they came to the Red Sea. And, of course, you know the story how God miraculously parted uh, the Red Sea. These people saw that happen. Uh, after they parted the Red Sea, they saw God begin to provide for them and feed them in the wilderness daily uh, with manna from heaven. Uh, they saw how their provisions didn't waste away, how their clothes lasted. And their shoes lasted according to the word of God. And how God protected them and provided for them uh, as they journeyed and followed the Lord and this man Moses in the wilderness. And yet, in just, in just a snap of a finger, uh, here's a group of people, many of them, that departed from God just like overnight. And I thought about that and I thought of how many people over the years that I have known personally, that I have 
worked with, in, that I've served with in church, that I've worshipped with, that I've sung with, that I've prayed with, that I've rejoiced with, that I've wept with, uh, that and fellowship with and studied the Bible with and sat and listened to preaching with, uh, that some point in time in their life they're there, they're experiencing some of the same things I was experiencing and seeing the hand of God work in some of the same ways that I saw the hand of God work, and yet you turn around and look and they've departed, they're gone. No longer there. And I thought about over the years how many people that I've seen that seem so steady and so faithful and so solid in their Christian life, just suddenly they've departed from the Lord. And as I thought about that, I thought, you know what? They're made of the same thing that I'm made of. And I'm made of the same thing they're made of. And if it be possible for them to depart from God, it's possible for me to depart from God. It's hard for us to imagine tonight, we're looking around here at a few people, but I I can tell you this much, we're looking at some very faithful few people here right now. It's hard for us to imagine that a year from now, somebody here could totally depart from God. We spoke to a lady this afternoon down the street here, and I asked her if she was saved, and she said she was. She told me she'd gotten saved and told me uh, that she got saved two years before her son died. And the, the, the sense of the, the gist of the conversation was, from what I understood, was basically she hadn't been back to church since her son died. And she said, I've not, I've not left God. I'm just not in church. And I thought about that. I thought, you know, people don't understand. In a sense, you can leave church. When you leave church, you're, you're departing from God in a sense. Amen? Because it's God's will for us to be here. But I, I want us to think tonight, as we look at this passage for a few minutes, At times uh, when we are tempted, you and I can be tempted to depart from God. Not that we will, but there can be times and situations that the temptation to to quit on God, to just give up, to just drop out, uh, can, can affect any and all of us. I would say for us that have been saved any length of time, we could probably look back and look at times when we came to a point, we were just about ready to throw in the towel. Just about to the point of saying, forget the whole thing. I'm through. I'm finished. I'm done. And thank God for the grace of God, the mercy of God, the long-suffering and the patience of God, and the power of God that's worked in our lives and helped us to stay on track and stay faithful to the Lord. But we are never, we'll never get to the point where we could not be tempted to depart from the Lord and even fall to that temptation because we're made of flesh, just like these people are. And what I'd like to do tonight is just take this situation and look at some some scenarios here that were present in this chapter and draw some analogies to that tonight to our own lives at times when you and I can be tempted to depart from God. Now, I, I want you to notice here, that uh, these people here, uh, from the outward appearance sake, it would look like uh, they hadn't departed from anything. The Bible makes it clear here, uh, while Moses is on the mount, uh, they come to the point where they say, you know what, we, we want to have a worship service. 
and they had a worship service. Uh, they had a they had a kind of worship service a lot of people dream of having. There was unity amongst most of the people. Uh, there was a sacrifice uh, on the part of the participants. They gave of their golden earrings. Uh, it was involvement of the entire family, their children and mom and dad. There was agreement amongst the leadership. Aaron went along with the thing. There was fellowship amongst the people. They rejoiced and fellowship together. There was even singing amongst the people and dancing eventually. Sounds like a contemporary church service. Amen. I'm afraid a lot of people are departing from churches like this today and going to that kind of worship service. In doing so, the problem with this worship service they were having was they had the wrong God. They're worshiping the wrong God. And listen, we can go through the motions of worshiping, but we've got to still worship the right God. Amen? The only true and living God. But now, I want you to notice, first of all tonight, uh, there there were some things here present that I believe you and I can face if we're not careful we could be tempted to depart from God. First of all, let me say it was a time uh, in the people's life here in chapter 32. It was a time of impatience. It was a time of impatience in their lives. Notice the Bible said the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount. These people have been told to wait at the foot of the mountain. They have been told that Moses is going up and meet with God. They were told that 40 days ago. And they have waited and waited and waited. God didn't say, now Moses is going to be up here 40 days and he'll be back. He never said that. He just said, Moses is going to come up here. He's going to receive from me what you need to have, what he needs to have, and he'll be back. He did not have a time schedule. And they waited and they waited and they waited on Moses to come back. And they waited and they waited and they waited. And they grew impatient. They grew impatient. They got tired of waiting. Let me ask you something tonight. Is there anything in your life that you're waiting on God for? Think about your prayer list. Think about what you're praying about, who you're praying for, what you're believing God for to accomplish something in your life. Let me ask you something. Uh, Is it possible that you can come to the point that you get to the point where you're tired of waiting on God to answer. You're tired, you grow weary of waiting on God to come through. You see, God was doing something. God was giving the law on on the mountain to Moses. He's giving him the, the blueprint for the tabernacle and all the sacrifice and all the worship that would be carried out by this nation. The people down there at the foot of the mountain, they didn't know that. They didn't know what was going on in the mountain. All they know was they're tired of waiting on Moses. They're tired of waiting on God to do something. He's brought them out of Egypt. He's provided for them. He's got them this far, and now they've stopped. They're standing still. Seems like everything's just come to a stop. And they've grown impatient, and they're tired of waiting. You know, it being patient... <laughs> is a tough thing sometimes. Waiting on God is a tough thing sometimes. And if we're not careful, we can be tempted. We can be tempted just like these folks were. We can be tempted to depart from God, to give up on God, uh, when we're waiting and waiting and waiting, and it seems like God is either not moving or He's moving too slow. We want God to move on our timetable, and God doesn't work 
on our timetable. Isn't that true? Go, if you will, to Psalms 25. Hold your place here a moment. In Psalms chapter 25, I want to read you just a, a couple of verses tonight. And, and uh, I'll be honest with you, I, I, if there's anybody in this room needs to hear these verses, it's me. The matter of patience, being willing to patiently wait upon the Lord. You know that patience is something that requires faith. Patience, waiting on God, requires faith on our part, believing that God knows exactly what He's doing. He knows exactly the right time frame, the time schedule, that God has not forgotten us, that God is fully capable of handling things, even if He's not handling it when we think He ought to. Psalms 25, verse 1, the Bible said, Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul... O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. For thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Oh, the power of patience. We need that in our life, don't we? Psalms chapter 27, verse 14. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. You know, there's some things right now in in my life uh, that involves people I know that I pray for that I want to see God do something about now. Actually, I wanted to see him do something about it yesterday. Amen. I feel like it's important. It's really important that God do something and do it now. But you know what? Uh, if, if, if I'm going to walk by faith, I've got to trust God in his timing and not mine. I've got to believe that God is at work. Up there on that mountain, God sees everything that's going on. He knows everything that's going on, even though I don't know what God's doing. God does. In Psalms chapter 37, verse 7. Psalms 37 and verse 7. The Bible says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Now think about this. What is it tonight that you need to be reminded to wait patiently? for the Lord about in your life. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. He said, listen, don't worry about what's going on out here with everybody else in the world. You rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Amen? Well, that's some good advice, isn't it? What happened here with the children of Israel? Why did they depart from the Lord? Because they they lost their patience. They became impatient, waiting on God. They got tired of waiting. They got ahead of God. It's not hard to do. Amen? You know what? A lot of young people do that in their lives. They, they do fine until they get to a certain point in their life and they get tired on waiting for God. They may marry the wrong person. They may get involved in doing the wrong thing, making money. They may, all sorts of things. I've seen men in the ministry lose their patience and get involved in some sort of thing 
that God never intended them to get involved in and, and get clear out of the will of God because they got they could not or would not wait on God. It's easy to depart from the Lord when we grow impatient with him. Notice, second of all, and I've already sort of mentioned this, but it was a time not only of impatience on the part of the children of Israel, but it was a time of ignorance. As I've already said, they had no clue what was going on on the mountain. Now, remember this. Remember this. The Bible said they look, they can see the top of that mountain, and it looks like a volcano up there. That thing's on fire up there. They're seeing the glow of the fire like a forest fire on a mountaintop around here. You could look and see it. You can see the fire up there. And so there's the evidence of the presence of God. And yet they do not know what God's doing up there with Moses. And so it's a time of ignorance in their life. And because of their ignorance of what God was doing, it led them to depart from the Lord God in their hearts. Now think about that. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord. With all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. You and I, if we're not careful, uh, if we can't seem to figure out what's God, what God is doing, we lose faith in him. Uh, we figure out we have a way we think things ought to work. And if they don't go that way, uh, then we believe God's not at work at all. But God was at work. You read all these chapters between chapter 24 and chapter 32 and God is extremely busy on behalf of the people of Israel, and yet because of their ignorance, they departed from him just like that. And you and I, you, we can do the same thing. Amen? Notice number three, it was not only a time of impatience in the lives of the children of Israel and a time of ignorance, but it was a time of decision by the crowd. The crowd. Now, I thank God there were some men in this crowd that did not depart from their God. Joshua did not depart from God. He wasn't a part of that. He's halfway up the hill up there. Aaron and her, or uh, her and uh, the other one, I can't remember his name at the moment, those two men did not depart from God. But there was a group that said, listen, let's rise up and let's, let's make a golden calf. And all of a sudden, because of the pressure of the crowd, there's a whole bunch of people that depart from God. You know, I remember my pastor from Indiana said many times years ago, he said the majority doesn't always mean it's right when people, the majority, do something. And here the majority was wrong, amen? And a lot of people depart from God because the crowd they're with has departed from God, or it seems like that's the thing to do. Uh, instead of living by faith and waiting on God and trusting the Lord, even when we don't understand, uh, we just up and do something rather than wait upon God. And they follow the decision that's made by the crowd. Amen? Uh, we need to be careful of that. You know, it's amazing to me. We were in a church a few years back that uh, it was an independent fundamental Baptist church. It was over in the next state. And we got there that day, and it wasn't the kind of church that we're used to going to. <laughs> Let's be honest with you. It was a little bit different. Uh, they had their they had their little rock band on the platform and their little uh, dance team on the platform, and um, it, it was just totally, totally different. 
And thank God that morning I wasn't preaching in the Sunday school lesson or message or in the preaching hour. I was presenting the ministry and teaching a Sunday school lesson in his Sunday school class. So I got to get up and do all that I was supposed to do before all the <clears throat> before the show began. I'll put it that way, being nice about it. And um, I, I said some things that morning and brought out some things and and we had several people, two or three people, come up to us afterwards and saying how much they appreciated the truth that was said, made it clear about our our stand on the King James Bible and some things. My wife said when we left there, she said, you know what blows my mind? She said, I looked around there, and there were lots of younger families there that were falling right into this contemporary worship stuff. And she said, what amazes me are the number of older people that are sitting here that were here when this church was not like that. And now they're sitting here going along with it. And when the new crowd came in and departed from God, the old crowd just gave in to what the crowd was doing, the peer pressure. We have to be careful. Pressure by the crowd is is a tough thing, isn't it? You know what? One of the things we need to learn to do, the Bible tells in Ephesians chapter 6, we're to put on the whole armor of God and then we're to stand. We're to stand. We're to know what we believe and why we believe it. And then we're to stand on the truths of the Word of God. I heard a man say this many years ago. One of the most important things you and I can learn as Christians is to learn how to stand alone if necessary. Stand alone. When we know what God says and what, what is right in the eyes of God, no matter what the crowd says, no matter which direction the crowd goes, if this is where God stands, I'll stand with God if I have to stand alone. And this crowd departed from God because they made a decision as a crowd. They didn't stand alone. And that is a time when we can be tempted to depart from God. Because when those around us, many times it's family, friends, that we know and love when they decide to depart from God, it's either we got to break friendship and fellowship and stand with God or depart from God with them. We have to make that decision. That can be a tough thing to make, a tough thing. Then I want you to notice this. Uh, the Bible says here, let's go back to Exodus chapter 32 again. And the Bible said again, And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up, make us gods which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what is become of him. The people here were living in a time of fear. God had brought them out in the wilderness. They're out there surrounded by the enemies. And now they think their God has forsaken them. And they want some kind of God to protect them, to watch over them, and care for them. And so it's a time of fear. The Bible says, what time I am afraid, I will trust in him. Amen? Fear. Fear is a strong, a strong thing. The Bible said, God had not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and, and of power and of a sound mind. There's a time of fear. We ought to ask ourselves, how do I handle times of fear? When I fear, do you have something tonight that is bringing fear in your life? You know what fear can be? Fear can be a very controlling factor in our lives. Isn't that true? 
fear, fear of uh, financial ruin, fear of losing family, fear of losing our health, fear of this and that or the other. And if we're not careful, in a time when we are fearful, uh, we can make wrong decisions and those decisions can lead us away from God. There was a time in David's life when David was a giant killer and a bear killer and a lion killer and you would think David feared nothing. But when Saul began to threaten him and Saul made up his mind he's going to kill David, David believed that he was not he was going to die at the hand of Saul and so he began to flee in fear from Saul and he made several bad decisions in the time when he was fleeing from Saul. He was not operating by faith in God. He was operating and being controlled by his fears. In doing so, it caused he, he made some bad decisions. And being in a time of fear, if we're not careful, we'll be tempted to depart from God. It's a tough thing many times to see God in the midst of our fear. But someone said, never doubt in the darkness. Never doubt in the darkness what God has revealed to you in the light. Amen? God is the same uh, whether it's light or dark. These people were full of fear, and because they were full of fear, they rose up and did something that led them away from God. And you and I can do the same. We're not careful. Finally, it was a time in their lives, it was a time of the absence of leadership. It was an absence of, of the one that was the, the authority in their life. Moses was their leader. Moses was their authority. Moses was who was accountable for them, and they were accountable to him. And Moses has been gone now for 40 days. Now, Aaron was there, but Aaron was not the authority. He was not the leader. There was an absence of leadership. And boy, there is protection in leadership and following leadership. Uh, God has established orders of leadership. He has an established order of leadership in the church. He has an established order of leadership in the, in the nation. He has an established order of leadership in our homes, with our children, with our wives and our husbands. God has laid out these, these established orders of leadership. And when leadership is missing or leadership is not present, it is a time of temptation to depart from God. A lot of young people find out the moment they get out from under mom and dad's protection and accountability, all of a sudden they have a void in their life. The leadership that they've been used to and been accountable to is no longer there. And if you've been there, you know it's a time of great temptation to depart from God when there's an absence of accountability to leadership. Amen? And what we have to establish is the fact that there are human leaders in our lives, but God ultimately is our leader. Amen? And God is ultimately always there. We never get away from Him. God is never absent from us, never leaves us, nor forsakes us. But in a time of absence of leadership, it's a time when people people can be tempted to depart from God. I've watched this over the years. I've watched this over the years in a local church service. 
It's just the way it is. When I was pastoring, it was that way when I pastored. I saw it when I was under a pastor, uh, other pastors. If, the, if, if people knew that the pastor was going to be gone, there were certain people you could count on. If the pastor was going to be gone, they were not going to be in church while that pastor was gone. They're just not coming. Amen. They just they weren't going to be there. They didn't have to be accountable to him. They weren't going to be there. But they were accountable to God whether the pastor was there or not. Amen. Uh, young people, you, as a parent, you know how young people can be tempted when uh, they can be tempted when they when a young a child or a teenager doesn't think mom or dad's around. They're going to be tempted more to do the wrong thing during that time. And we're the same way as husbands and wives and grown ups. Uh, and so this matter of the absence of leadership is a very, very t- tempting time uh, in our lives as it was here uh, with the people of God. And so is it possible for you and I to depart from God? Paul said of Demas, Demas was a faithful servant with God for a while with Paul. But then there came a time when Paul said, Demas hath forsaken me. Having loved this present world, there came a time when Demas forsook God, forsook Paul, forsook the ministry, forsook following the Lord. It can happen to me. It can happen to you. Isn't that true? How we need to realize God is the same even when we don't know what he's doing. He's the same uh, when uh, we seem to be, life seems to be at a standstill. When it seems like he's not hearing and when he's not answering prayer, God is still the same. God is still at work even though we may not see his hand. God is still able to take care of us even when we're tempted with fear. And God is still in control and we're accountable to him even when our human accountability factors are absent. We're still accountable to God. Amen. Each of us need to realize we've never come too far spiritually that we can't make the wrong decision, make a wrong turn. Isn't that true? Think back in your life. The course that you're on right now, your course probably was set by one decision. One decision. And then down the road, one decision continued you on this course. Down the road, another single decision. You could have made the wrong decision and been on a totally different course in life. Isn't that true? A scary thing in a way. Oh, how we need to trust the Lord. You know what the Lord will do? The Lord will help us and give us wisdom and discernment and direction in making those decisions on the spot uh, if we'll just continue to trust Him. Amen. Mm-hmm.